and welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of Scott Survives Survivor. My name is Brandon Weber, and today we will be talking about Episodes 2 and 3 of the first season of Survivor, Survivor Borneo. With me, as always, is Scott. Scott, how are you today? How were Episodes 2 and 3? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, Episodes 2 and 3 have definitely cemented what the show is in in my heart and why people watch it and why people are into it and yeah I, I definitely have deeper opinions about the show now and I'll be out spoiler alert I really am enjoying it <laughs> that's awesome I so am I uh obviously I love like I said last time I love this season the 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 intro to survivor um revisiting these characters uh this this week we'll be talking about bb's exit and stacy's exit we have a b name and an s name both get eliminated and conveniently my name starts with b yours starts with wow. s but hopefully we won't be talking much bs today oh <laughs> oh nice dude oh my gosh i hope we're not eliminated though no, I hope not. I don't plan on uh, having a tribal council today during the podcast. This would be the last episode if that were to happen. Yeah, I don't think anybody could take the reins from us. This would be the finale. Like we need a jury to vote for vote for the winner at this point. <laughs> so we pick up at the beginning of episode two, right after uh, Tagi has voted off Sonia in the first tribal council, and they're. They have two rats that they're thinking about cooking, but I thought this was very interesting. Rudy says that he isn't hungry enough to eat a rat yet. And then we get Stacy talking about how Rudy is stealing canned food and eating more than his share. So I wonder if that's why he's not hungry <laughs> enough to eat a rat. That's really interesting you put that together. Yeah, I didn't I I think I was like recalibrating my brain when I first started the episode. And I did go back and watch the previous episodes end where Sonia's talking about how she feels and just her, I wrote down her quote. She said, in their shoes, I do the same thing. It's just so sad. Oh, Sonia. That is very sad. The kind of like self-awareness that she has that she didn't feel confident in her challenge ability uh, going forward with all the young people plus Rudy who somehow is like just lumped in with this group that is capable in the challenges. Yeah. I, yeah, she's too sweet for the show and it's honestly probably better for her that she moves along. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that is so funny that you noticed that um, because yeah, they, they showed that clip several times, I feel like. And even in that episode three, they showed that clip of Rudy just like snacking in the kitchen and Stacy's just like, yo, this guy is just like leaving out silverware, just eating all our stuff. <laughs> That's hilarious. Not hungry enough to eat a rat right now. Yeah, he says like maybe later in the game he'll be hungry enough, but not yet. <laughs> Probably once he eats all the canned food, he might consider eating a rat. Oh yeah. I feel like there's way grosser things to eat on an island. Um, I feel like I... I mean, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I feel like I've seen people eat way grosser things on the show already than a rat. A rat seems pretty like 
that's just like meat you know it's like just kind of a normal thing to eat really yeah and we will see people eat rats uh at some point during <laughs> during these two episodes oh yeah and Rudy says that he would never get along with Stacy in the real world uh, if they knew each other. Uh, and then he said that she'll be learning a lesson if she spent three weeks out here in the jungle. And unfortunately, we don't really get to see Stacy live three weeks in the jungle to see if Rudy was uh, was right. Yeah, they do seem to be hellbent on hating each other. <laughs> Every interview with either Rudy or Stacy is about the other person they're like yeah i just can't i just can't stand rudy he's just oh he's he's just annoying and then rudy's like the exact opposite and they just there's like this annoying rivalry i don't know how two people have what is this like the second or third day that they've been on the show and they're they're like already like like how does it even happen yeah so we're at day four now but yeah they were already at odds like from day two so it is interesting how this show and staying out in the wilderness with a group of people causes these tensions that wouldn't be there if you only saw the person for le- for about an hour in a day or an hour every day for a week in the real world. Right, right. And then we go over to Pagong and we have conflict over on Pagong as well. Uh, but first, I marked in my notes that Colleen said that she would love a BB action figure. Yeah, I did notice that. That is interesting. It seems like a weird thing to say about anybody unless they were like, they looked like G.I. Joe or something. But I probably still wouldn't say that about somebody if they looked like G.I. Joe. <laughs> and, and BB's just like, I don't know, he's just like an average guy. <laughs> That's so out of left field. Yeah, he's just an average old man, and <laughs> Colleen just thinks he's so cute and wants a BB action figure. And I think she says, who wouldn't want a BB action figure? Would you want one? I would uh, like to go on the record and say right now that no, I would probably not enjoy a BB action figure, pop figure. I would take a bobblehead, though. I would have that on my dashboard. I would allow that. The BB bobblehead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but she knows she notices that he gets a little aggressive when he's trying to pull the tribe together to fix part of the shelter or fix any problem that they're having. Right. And it feels like most people in the Bagong tribe have made uh, observations similar to that one, but they also have this like almost like respect for him because they're like, yeah, he's just kind of bossy and then but they they also like will just turn the page and be like yeah he gets us up in the morning and he's the reason stuff gets done around here he's the reason we have like chopsticks and like we're actually being a cohesive team so i don't know i i feel like he puts himself in a dangerous position by being the kind of slave driver but he's also like that he is the leader like people like he's the guy you know yeah i think Jenna and Gretchen are his two most vocal supporters where mm-hmm. Jenna is like, we wouldn't do anything if BB wasn't getting us going in the morning. And Gretchen obviously uh, appreciates his work ethic while understanding that maybe he goes a little too far and needs to take some time to uh, rest for the challenges. He also needs some chapstick, like really bad. I, What's going on with this lips? They look like as dry as the Gobi Desert. And 
I don't know. I, I the man looks unwell. I, I'm I'm concerned for his health at this at this point. I did not notice that, but I did notice that he kind of starts to just respond to everything with with basically, well, like we should do this, and then they say something that sort of contradicts it, and he's like, well, like I would do it that way, and I think mm. even uh, I don't know if this is now, but. I think Joel says, If the sky was blue and I said it was blue, he'd say it was red just to disagree. So he he just kind of gets (laughs) to this place where he's not capable of just accepting defeat or accepting compromise in any way. He wants to do it his way. Yeah. And I thought it was really funny when they they were like cooking or something and he was like telling someone he's like don't be a backseat cook and i can't remember who it was but they're like well you're a backseat everything <laughs> it is it is gretchen and i love the line, <laughs> yeah she says you're a backseat everything so don't be throwing stones and i yeah. love like any sort of like biblical reference like that i love uh i love that <laughs> you're backseat everything i will be using that yes yes use that uh yeah, use that somehow. Try to find some somebody in your life who is telling you what to do all the time and use that. Oh, yes. And Ramona says that she thinks BB would be the first one voted off if they lose, and that proves to be prophetic. Uh, BB does mm. end up being their first casualty. Yeah, it makes me sad to see Ramona kind of on the anti-BB side because I thought they were so adorable together in the first episode and they had this like really adorable banter going on and now it's just no this guy's gotta go and later BB says that he would uh, want either Ramona or yep. uh, Joel to be the first one voted off yeah and I have a feeling he's probably right about Ramona looking at the list of people in Pagong like if someone gets voted off next time on Pagong, I, I can easily see, see it being Ramona after BB, just because, I don't know, man. She doesn't she doesn't have the survival instinct. Like I said, she's like me. She's just throwing up at everything. Yeah, she's still sick, and she can't really down any food that they're eating. She couldn't she does, even eat rice, right? She does enjoy the rat. A little bit, but she yeah. has she has like the smallest amount of rat, and she does eat the bug at the end of this episode as well. Yeah, that so impressed me. Even though we were probably not to the talking about the challenge yet, but she they I don't even think they really showed her because at least not that much because it was probably so uneventful. And before that, she's like, "Yeah, I can swallow anything." <laughs> it's like, whoa. Oh, I'll swallow everything. I was expecting her to be the reason that Pagong was having to vote somebody off and it was like don't even bother looking at her so i don't know maybe maybe she does have what it takes when it comes down to it when it actually depends on her maybe she can tap into an ancient survival instinct i don't know but before we get to the challenge uh there's a lot that comes before that i think Mm -hmm. one of the most important and biggest segments of this episode was the talk at Toggy about Richard being gay and Mm. how Rudy uh, is going to respond and relate to that. And Richard says that he thinks that it would be hard for Rudy given that they've gotten to be friends and he kind of knows where Rudy comes from with his age and he's from Virginia and just being in, in the Navy 
um, he comes from a very different walk of life than Richard does. Mm-hmm. What what thoughts did you have about this segment? Well, first, I thought it was like kind of humorous how Richard was like they're like having an open open conversation about Richard's sexuality, like around they're just sitting around and like he was like. A, he was like a gay guru and like everyone's like yeah like just asking questions about like being gay and like like yeah just like he's like oh yeah it's it's a lifestyle but it's like uh, yeah i don't choose it and everyone's just like i don't know it seems like an interesting conversation to be having in this situation but yeah i i was happy that or is a little bit almost disturbed that everyone's like, yeah, Rudy is going to like hate this guy. And he's going to be like, he's going to be like, once he f- figures this out, he's going to hate him. And, you know, it's there's going to be a huge rift between them. And then they interview Rudy and he's like, whatever, man, he's a good guy. Like, I don't hate this guy. Yeah, I think some of these segments kind of date the show about, I think especially like the way Sean is talking about Richard being gay he he says something very that I found very funny he says well you're you're not homosexual you're gay and Richard <laughs> Richard, yeah. Richard is like no I'm homosexual <laughs> it's like was that like supposed to be a derogatory term at the time or I think what Sean is going for is that it's not all about like sex all the time with mm. being gay um but I again, I think this is where kind of like this episode in particular gets a little dated. Like stuff like this is not really appropriate to talk about in this way, in like a othering way, I feel like Sean is talking about. Like he's talking to a gay man about how gay people like to be addressed. Yeah. And he's not correct. And so it just is a pretty bad look, I think, for Sean. <laughs> I don't know. I think I feel like that's kind of the fun of the show. It's just like, you know, you don't know what these people are gonna say. They're gonna say some like crazy stuff, and it's just all on film. And like, you know, who? It's we're on an island, so I guess we can talk about stuff like this. And I don't know. Maybe they don't do it. Maybe it's like completely different from like later seasons. But yeah, I think it's uh whether they would show it on TV or not, or how they would portray it on TV might might change. Totally. And because I think uh, one thing that is very interesting is the way that Rudy talks about Richard, and it's clear that he is othering Richard and he would other people like Richard in real life. Mm. And Richard is kind of like the exception because he like got to know him before knowing about his sexuality. He's like, he doesn't want to hear Richard tell him that he's gay. Like he kind of just wants yeah. to like ignore it, which kind of to me reminds me of like in the military, like the don't ask, don't tell mm. kind of uh, background that Rudy has. But he accepts it like as they they go on. He's like, yeah, I'm not sure what the guys back home will think about it, but uh, they're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, which is really unfortunate that that is something that he is thinking about with respect to his friends from the military or from elsewhere that they will be like, Rudy, what are you doing hanging out with this guy? Like, you should vote him out or something. Yeah, that is kind of sad. But good for Rudy for not hating somebody uh, and, like, accepting them as a human being. And, yeah, and I've kind of turned the page on Richard a little bit 
uh, in these last two episodes because in the first I I, I kind of didn't like him at all and I thought he was kind of condescending but now he's like he's still condescending but like in almost like an endearing kind of way and he actually does have results for a lot of the stuff he's talking about so I feel like I'm kind of like on a different page now and I feel like Richard has a good chance of making it pretty far in the show. Yeah, we'll get to it in episode three, but Richard fishing becomes uh, a big deal in, in the oh, next yeah. episode. Um, so we talked a little bit about Ramona and how she's throwing up everything. And huh. this is this is when we get to that scene where uh, BB is cooking and he says that Ramona is the laziest person on the tribe out of the multitude of lazy people that are on the tribe with him. And I think this is when he gets kind of fed up with uh, oh no this is later when he he kind of blows his fuse a little bit and starts yelling about how they've been laying down for days and he's the only one working yeah i feel like that happens in the first episode as well he just kind of that's kind of what he does he he's on he is on a timer for complaining about people sitting around yeah is this the episode where they have the conversation and there's like this argument like he's like you guys aren't doing anything and oh i guess it, it would have to be because he, he's this is he's his last not episode. he's not in episode three <laughs> and everyone yeah, everyone's kind of like defending themselves and it, it, it kind of does paint a weaker light on bb because it's like wait these people actually have been helping and he hasn't been noticing it and he doesn't want to notice it and he just wants to pretend like he's been doing everything when he hasn't even as Gervais pointed out he hasn't even gone into the the jungle yeah Jer- is... Jervis talks about how like just because BB picked like maybe the hardest job doesn't mean that the other jobs aren't just as important like going to get the water which is interesting that he talks about that because BB is the first one to get water but I guess after that he doesn't like do those trips anymore yeah Jervis hates bb in this episode and yeah so is this around the time where where bb is just like oh is this when he he washes his clothes in the um not quite yet we'll get we'll get to that yeah that's when everything kind of blows up where they have that tribe meeting um but yeah they at first we see ramona talking about greg and colleen have been going off together and, oh yeah, yeah, and and so Colleen says that she didn't expect to make any friends, but Greg's been a good friend. And then they have this very fun, uh, newly stranded game that they play <laughs> uh, that night at the campfire. It seemed like like the dialogue in that seemed almost scripted, and it seemed like something like from an '80s movie with like who was like the guy leading the game? Was that that Greg was Greg doing that? Yeah, and he's like in this like crazy get up and it feels it i know i don't think it was pre-written but it felt like a lot of the lines were like so silly and ridiculous that he was saying if you were to describe your favorite lovemaking position as a food um which food would that be and why i don't know it, it felt very 80s movie-ish to me yeah, I didn't get that vibe immediately, <laughs> but maybe if I watched again, I, I would get that vibe. I think Greg is just kind of like a wild dude, and he's just yeah. kind of doing whatever like all the time. He's trying to keep the tribe happy. And speaking of Greg, I didn't want to miss this. Uh, earlier in the episode, BB's talking about who the hardest workers are, and he points out Gretchen, Craig, and the lady in the pink swimming suit, which is Jenna. 
and I I was think I was like BB, it's Greg, not Craig. He said Craig. He said <laughs> Craig. Yeah. That's such a like an old. He's like, and the lady in the pink swimming suit. Not sure what her name is. That's so funny. And this is like day four. Like they've lived with these people for like an entire long weekend, basically, and he doesn't know their names. Yeah, we apparently have romantic relationships going on, and BB's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, Craig, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, BB might be a little bit self-absorbed, it seems, or he's just having an old folks moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is very old, and he's probably never experienced something like this being so cut off from food and cut off from comfort he talks a lot about like he just wants to be comfortable while he's there so i think he is really struggling but he tries to hide it by just working all the time right and this is where there he says something to joel they're they're moving the shelter back because it was going to get washed away by the tide if they oh, yeah. leave it where it was and he says uh to joel if I'm building a health facility, I'll let you do it because Joel is like a health, uh, like <laughs> health instructor or something. And then what Je- a line. Jenna says, which is awesome. I love this quote. She says, so if we're going to have kids, that's my job. <laughs> and it was just amazing. I love that so much that she's like biting back at uh, BB. Yeah. Because oh, BB isn't a construction worker. No. He's probably never built, like, I don't know, tide blockers before in his life. Yeah, that's that's a hilarious line. And Greg has a funny line here as well when he says that uh, Joel and BB's strong wills cause a bit of friction or chafing, mm. to use the island term. Uh, so I guess they're experiencing some unfortunate uh, body issues with their living situation with the chafing Uh, yeah yeah and seeing joel kind of be a little more i guess seeing more of his rivalry in this episode kind of makes me regret picking him as the winner in in our previous podcast episode because i feel like you want to you don't really want to stand out that much as like an antagonistic person you want to be like likable but also like kind of almost like a background person right now because if if people are if it comes to voting time, people are going to remember you if you were talking a lot or like disagreeing with people a lot. So if you're like, oh, I don't really know how to, who to vote. Oh, oh, Joel. Yeah, he's been talking a lot. So, yeah, I kind of I don't want to I'm not going back on my choice, obviously. I mean, if I chose Joel, then Joel will win. But it's it's getting a little rocky. <laughs> it's going to be a tougher road now than it was after episode one. Exactly. And. I was going to say earlier, um, Colleen saying that, or is her name Colleen or Colleen? It's Colleen. Colleen. So her saying that she wasn't expecting to make friends is so funny because this is like the ultimate, I feel like bonding experience to go like for quick relationships to be on an island and actually be forced to work together and forced to rely on each other to survive. Like this, this is why like military people come back from, you know their missions and they're like these are their brothers even though they didn't know each other going in because they are forced to rely on each other so it's not really that surprising to me that they would be friends and and it's it is really entertaining in in this episode and the next seeing 
the Bagong tribe especially kind of bonding and regretting that they actually have to kick people off instead of being like, yeah, this person's got to go. Although in this episode, that was, yeah, a little, that was kind of the case. <laughs> yeah, this episode, it's a little easy for them to pick the, the yeah. first one out. Yeah. So then we'll go back to the Toggy tribe briefly and talk about Sean's Super Bowl. That Super Bowl. That he's trying to, Super Bowl, two, Super Bowl 2000. Oh. Yeah, which is hilarious given that this happened in 2000. So this is just like, wow, everything was like the such and such 2000. So I, yeah. I love that. I can't wait until Survivor episode 1000. 2059 when they come out with the Super Bowl 3000. Oh my gosh. Year 3, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> take it out. Take it out. Yeah. And he says no. uh he says maybe the area is overfished because he can't catch anything with the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> if the Super Bowl's not working, then yeah, there's too many fishermen coming in here at the nighttime and fishing out all the fish. Sean's appearance in this episode by the way was an incredible experience for me because i was like this guy's been on the show <laughs> like who, who is this man i don't remember him is he a, like he's on my list but i don't remember his face and i don't remember his personality like has he been like has he even been shown before this episode so sean was the one that uh when richard is talking about <laughs> what they what the tribe should do and he's yeah. like i wasn't listening to a oh. word you're saying oh man sean's a legend dang it I should have remembered him for that line. Yeah, this is a pretty good one. But Susan thinks that his Super Bowl is a waste of time. Sean sits there for five hours and builds a Super Bowl and doesn't catch anything with it. <laughs> Man, to keep Susan on the show, because even though she is antagonizing, that's also the way she like just sasses people for whatever they're doing is so funny. Yeah, she's great uh, here with Sean. She's just very over his fishing attempts his super pole lover accent it's so good it's so good uh and then here's when we get to that big scene at pagong where bb washes his shirt in the food pot mm. and that's a big deal because they were gonna make food in there and now they're kind of like uh we don't really want to make food in there anymore yep i wrote that I wrote that BB's fate was sealed when he did that. It was like, that's it, man. Like, if you do that and then afterwards you're not apologetic, and you're like, you're not like, oh yeah, I can see why you guys are kind of annoyed by that. You actually just try to defend your position. You're like, yeah, I work harder than all of you. I'm allowed to use some fresh water if I want to. It's like, man, use a river. Use use the ocean. Don't don't do this. Yeah, there's an entire ocean of salt water that could clean that shirt. And then yeah, so uh, he he doesn't want to have to vote on things that have to do with his own survival and comfort, which is not <sighs> great when you're in a in a team setting when everybody else's survival also depends on how you use all your resources. Yeah, he he he's putting himself above everyone else and he's just like i've earned this position where i deserve comfort and and you guys are gonna have to deal with it and everyone else is perfectly fine with dealing with each other's needs and bb's not having that no and then uh we get to both tribes reading the tree mail for the immunity challenge and it's very clear that there's going to be eating involved yep and ramona is 
we talked about this she's like i'll swallow anything because it's for immunity like i won't eat uh rice at the camp because it doesn't really matter but i will eat it if it um if it helps us win and to her credit she does eat her one bug and it's very easy for her yeah they barely showed it it was just like one and done and yeah she she wasn't lying but before we get to the challenge bb is talking about well do we even want to win this challenge what did you think about this i don't understand was he just like we're not gonna win so why why disgrace ourselves by or like embarrass ourselves or like have to go through this mental anguish i don't understand why he was or was he just like you guys are going to vote me so we might as well just lose this yeah i think there's a couple angles that i can see for this one would be he wants to go and he sees that he's going to be the first one to go if they lose and so he just kind of wants to get it over with rather than like prolonging the inevitable you know staying until they they're gonna lose a challenge at some point and maybe he just wants to leave as soon as possible the other theory would be if he actually does think that enough people see ramona as being so lazy that they'll vote her out and then he can kind of get rid of her uh kind of bringing him down as far as Mm. people not working um because he says that maybe it's time to try to lighten the load but if he's talking about himself being released from the load, then like that doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, it doesn't really track. It's like, well, why do you care about this team if you're not even on it anymore? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, he does say when he le- when he gets voted out in his final words that like he is sad to leave them and there isn't anyone he doesn't like. I wonder if that's just for the camera because it really seemed like he doesn't like some people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's when he could be completely honest about how he felt about everyone because he doesn't need to pick someone to, you know, send off the show. And he's like, yeah, just, yeah. I I do agree that those words ring a little bit hollow based on conversations that we've had. Yeah. So at the immunity challenge, I did mark down again that Jeff says, you know, the drill, if you lose, you have to vote somebody out. And I was like, that's true now for half of the half of the cast. They do know that if they lose, they have to go to tribal council. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That and that challenge, I feel like also kind of dates the show a little bit because around that time was like all like Fear Factor was all the rage. And this is like I don't know if this is before or after Fear Factor, it's probably before a little bit, but for some reason, in the early 2000s, people just liked to watch other people eating gross living, like, bugs, insects. I don't know why. I don't find it particularly particularly entertaining, but back then, apparently everyone lost their minds and thought it was hilarious when someone is grossed out by eating a snail or whatever. And Jervis is so good here. Like this scene, oh at the, he's the first one up to eat his bug and he, it takes him the longest out of anyone. <laughs> and it makes it so clear that once they have to pick one person to eat the final two bugs, oh. that they're going to be able to pick him and have a good, ch- a good chance to win. Right. And I was like, well, obviously they're going to pick Ramona, but they didn't even know that Ramona was like adverse to these kind of things because she didn't put on this huge show like he did, which is probably what I would do in that situation. It's so hard to mentally wrap 
your mind around eating something like that and he only did it at like the buzzer like jeff had to like count down which i don't know if it was planned or if he's like no we can't give him this much time like i'm not privy to the rules on how long they would have given him i at some point during survivor history jeff won't count down from five he won't be as handholdy as he is here he really wants him to eat it uh, I think in the future he would give them maybe a quicker and a shorter countdown uh, at the end oh, of their okay. rounds. Yeah, but he does do it. He does eat the first one, uh, and <laughs> nobody else really has any trouble with it. And I did mark down that Stacy eats her first one like immediately. Like she just like I I wonder if she even chewed it at all. Like it felt like she just swallowed it. And then they pick <sighs> her. They pick her for the tiebreaker. Oh my gosh. Now, you gotta chew. You gotta chew. Because that's, they said these were beetle larvae. Uh, well, imagine, like, imagine a beetle just like growing and like a larva turning into a beetle inside of your body. I know that's your stomach acids are very strong and it's probably not possible, but don't give the larva a chance. You gotta at least bite it in half and then well, swallow. They, they did bite off the head. That's right. Yeah. They weren't supposed to eat it. I heard some, some people saying. Yeah. So hopefully Stacy did that and the, and it was it was in half before it went down. But I found that interesting that she had no trouble with it and they pick her. I I didn't notice if anybody really had trouble on Toggy though. So maybe they were just you know, they knew it was over because Jervis was going to be the one that Toggy was going to pick. Yep. Yeah, Jervis really really messed up by putting on a show like that, but to his in his defense he probably didn't know that i don't think anybody knew that that was there's going to be a tiebreaker so and that each team would select the other person but yeah by putting on a show like that oh he was in trouble yep he was in trouble and sean says something interesting about stacy eating the final bug she he says that he thinks that's when stacy finally got accepted amongst the girls which mm-hmm. was very odd because she was only like she was getting along with the girls in the previous episode and almost all of them voted with her to vote Rudy out except for Susan jumping over with the the guys and voting yeah. for Sonia. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't pick up that quote, but yeah, that's a super good point. It I was... did notice oh go ahead. It was very short after the challenge. He just came up he said something brief before they went to commercial and then uh then you can talk about what you noticed as well yeah on the pagong side i i wanted to make note that bb was stone cold when he ate those bugs they showed him and he was just like yeah whatever that's yeah, a ate this stuff all the time and he just ate it and not a frown well, i mean, I guess he was frowning but it wasn't like there's was no look on his face that he had just consumed a live animal and it probably tasted very bad. I and I also noticed at the end Gretchen when they lose goes over to BB and like hugs him and like, you know, says something to him. I wonder if she was like, Thanks for not like throwing it for us. Cause he could have just sat mm. there like I'm not eating it, but he he goes with what the tribe wanted. They said we want to win and so he does his best to try to help them win. Right. Ah, man. I I just feel like BB could have done so much better on this show if he didn't have that that quitter talk speech with them before the challenge. I feel like that kind of attitude 
and it doesn't matter how hard of a worker you are if you have that kind of attitude you're making i know we're going to get to the vote in a second but you're you're making everyone's choice like extremely easy especially given how jervis struggled with the challenge and he doesn't swim well and he hasn't really been a super hard worker uh compared to compared to how bbc some of the other people on the tribe and ramona she eats the bug but she is really struggling so i wonder if if bb had just kind of laid lower before Mm -hmm. the challenge if he would have been able to say hey like ramona you know she ate that thing today but she isn't going to last with not eating at camp Uh, so it is unfortunate because bb is a good character for tv and i would have liked to see him last a little bit longer yep if all he was to everybody was just a hard worker he's kind of grouchy i think he could have made it so far but he had to he just had people were right honestly he 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 worked himself really hard and then he started having like just a bad attitude and yeah that was it and so we go back to pagong's camp after the challenge and ramona compares tribal council to judgment day on earth (laughs) intense the intensity i love that building up for the vote yeah and we talked about this last time where there's so much hype about this is like life or death this is yeah (laughs) we're like you know they're it's all very intense and for ramona it's like judgment day on earth which (laughs) I I don't see it that way, but she, you know, she she you are being judged by your peers and you're being voted against by your peers who they've come to enjoy for six full days of living with each other. She probably knew she was more or less on the chopping block as well, so she probably felt that way for that reason. Yeah, and Jenna wants to vote Ramona and I believe she does vote for uh Ramona. Uh Maybe and maybe she does change her vote to um, BB because he asked to go. But um, yeah, she she would have voted for Ramona, I think, if BB hadn't been so. Let's throw the challenge and bossy uh, towards everybody else. Yep. But Jervis thinks that BB is clearly going home and says he dug his own grave, and I think that he dug his own grave, especially when he washed his shirt in the cooking pot and then when he talks about losing the challenge directly after that he's just like vote me off already please but it's still there was an interview i think before the vote where he was still like yeah i just think they're gonna regret voting me off it's it's not a bad it's like a bad idea it's like man just a second ago you were like on board with it what was that did you hear what his simile was there with what voting him off would be like what did he say? He said it would be like dropping an atomic bomb on their beach. <laughs> I didn't catch that. That is incredibly uh, dramatic. <laughs> yeah, this drama that they're injecting into this is just so good. I love it so much. <laughs> you know, he's probably right to a degree, though. Like, he is the driving force behind this team, and voting him off is taking away this force. So maybe they won't feel it immediately. But when the going gets tough and they don't have anyone directing them and they're just kind of going by what they feel, and I think things are going to start to fall apart a little bit. That's just my prediction. Well, we'll see. They do win the next challenge, so no uh, effects yet, but we will see what happens in the future. Uh, So we get to Tribal Council. 
and it's a very sad atmosphere i think like they none of them wants to vote anyone out Mm -hmm. because they are like a family jenna especially is broken up over voting anybody out she says it's like losing a family member yeah she said that it's like one more it's it's like one less body in the bed tonight and for some reason i was still drawing this the her analogy that it was like being in a family i was like wait does her family all sleep in the same bed because that's kind of weird but i was like oh wait no they're just all in the same tent or they're in you know maybe one or two tents right and she is a single mother so it's possible that her yeah her kids have slept in the bed with her totally and so not too much happens in the conversation and uh bb gets six votes and uh bb and uh greg are actually the two votes for ramona but bb is sad to leave and he says that there isn't anyone he doesn't like but he does say there are some he likes more than others so i think (laughs) it's not very hard to pick out the two or three that he doesn't like as as much as the others i thought it was interesting that i don't know if jeff did this in the first episode but he specifically said no goodbyes on your way out you can't you're not allowed to talk to people because i think in the first episode there was they kind of did a little bit like like shake hands a little bit with like people nearby than as uh, sonia was getting out but in this one he's like you can't say goodbye you just have to get up and walk away which i love that's so dramatic it's like the, the conversation's done you voted this person out and they gotta go yeah it's like you have to remove them from the game immediately they can't have any influence on the contestants after they're voted so out they vote ramona next as they're leaving like not allowed to do that no no goodbyes i didn't notice if they actually followed that or not but let's just assume that that he didn't get to say goodbye to anybody i also found it interesting that once bb had enough votes to where it couldn't be anybody else he didn't count jeff didn't count any more votes he wouldn't he wouldn't tell people what other people voted for and that's i feel like that's an interesting decision because that could lead to drama if they did and it's like what if someone voted for you know colleen or something it's like wait she would be like that would get in her head a little bit it's like wait who who here does not want me so usually he stops reading the votes when all of the rest of the votes are also for the person leaving at least after at a certain point i don't know if he has started doing that now so i assumed that bb got six votes but i guess it's possible in these early days of the show i didn't look carefully at the final segment here when they show all the votes um but usually jeff says it will remain a mystery but it's not really a mystery you know that uh all of the unread votes went to the person who ended up going okay yeah i did i thought compared i don't know if the music was different or something but when bb walked off it was like hero music it was like the legend is leaving now and there will be consequences it's it felt like i needed to stand up and salute because it's like oh see you later bb you were too good for these guys and nobody was happy about it compared to the last time where it's like i don't know i feel like a lot of people didn't really care that sonya was hitting the road but we care we care that sonya got voted out yeah i have high hopes that she will be returning to the show i don't know if that's a thing that's allowed to happen but <laughs> but i i would like to see more sonya action <laughs> 
And so we go to episode three, and we right. start off right at Tagi, and Sean is still trying to fish, and he has this <laughs> amazing quote. He says, there's a saying, there's a lot of fish in the sea. Well, not this sea. It is kind of interesting. I'm kind of with Sean a little bit here, because I don't even know that we've seen like B-roll of fish. I don't recall even seeing any fish at all. And I do have a theory about that. We've got camera crews in this water following everybody trying to fish. Good luck catching fish. They're scared. These giant people with cameras, like people, when you're fishing and someone like splashes in the water next to you, it's like, dang it, man. Like, come on. You scared off the fish. Well, imagine like a, like a dude with like a giant camera rig, like cameras were huge in 2000 and they had to be waterproof so there's like these creepy dudes just like following just like sorry man i, I don't there's no fish down here it's like yeah no no wonder there's no fish i don't know and <laughs> that's my theory <laughs> also richard catches animals but they're all raised like they, we still haven't Not even, even fish. seen fish <laughs> and sean is very uh, we'll get to it but sean is like those aren't fish like you need to bring me some actual <laughs> fish next time Sean has his super pole and he has faith in his super pole. And when he sees his super pole get outfished, he's going to be sour about it. I would too if I built a super pole, which is honestly a pretty impressive contraption to just build out in the wild. I don't know what makes it super. Uh, <laughs> it kind of just seems like a, a, a really janky fishing pole, but that's just me. Yeah. And we see uh, the girls are also going out checking the fish traps. Right. And Stacy says that they've come to the conclusion that they need to vote out Rudy. And then there's a couple back-to-back uh, confessionals that are very interesting where Sue is talking about she is telling them that she wants Rudy out. again. Yet again, this is the second, like, the or episode one, she says this, and episode three, she's saying it. But she says that she wants to vote Stacy out. And then we hear from Stacy that Sue didn't want to talk about voting at first when they went out to the water. And so she's clued in that maybe Sue wants to vote her off. Yeah, that's a good point. I probably wouldn't want to talk about voting either just because it kind of feels like anti-team cohesion if you're always talking with each other about, oh, yeah, I don't like this guy. Yeah, like... I feel like, and be, I feel like the reason the, at least to me, the Tagi tribe doesn't seem as close to each other as the Pagong tribe is because the Tagi tribe is way more open about talking about who they want to vote off, and so I think they they don't see each other as like friends or people as much. It's just like contestants, which is what they are. But I feel like that might hurt their team spirit a little bit. Yeah, I think especially before they've lost the challenge, you don't really want to be... I feel like it's bad mojo to be talking about, well, when we lose, here's what we're going to do. But if you just don't lose, then you won't have to vote anybody out, and then you can get closer as a team and say, wow, look at how much we've dominated this game. Like, we don't even need to vote anybody out. Right. Yeah, don't, yeah. They're talking about, like, who they're going to vote out after Rudy. It's like, do we really need to go down this path? Like, let's get to it when we get to it. Like, wouldn't it be better if 
you it's it's an incredibly difficult decision but i guess they're trying to almost protect themselves by by like saying oh yeah yeah i don't like yeah after rudy's gone yeah yeah stacy man yeah and i wonder if stacy is putting more of a target on her back by talk by always wanting to talk about how much she wants to vote rudy off because yep. If she is talking about voting Rudy off, then how do they know that she's not talking with Richard or Sean totally. about voting Kelly off next or Sue yep. off next? I totally noticed that as well. I noticed that almost every single time that Stacy is on the camera, she's talking about how how badly she wants to vote Rudy off the, the island. It's like, I don't even really know what this person is like besides the fact that she likes voting people off. So at first it was surprising that that Rudy was not the one. But then I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, there's all these moments where she's just talking bad about people people behind their backs. And people that does, whether they consciously know that that affects the way they think about others, it totally does. And they're like, yeah, it's just in the back of their mind. Like, yeah, like you said, this person could be talking about me and trying to backstab me because she apparently just likes doing that. Yeah, who's going to be the next Rudy once they vote Rudy off? She needs to have somebody that she's gunning for, and so mm-hmm. why why wouldn't it be them? Yup. And then we have this great scene at Pagong where they find this mud volcano <laughs> when they're looking for tapioca, which I don't really know what tapioca is, but I do know that the mud volcano is awesome. Yeah, tapioca i didn't even i was like is that something is this a joke i I thought you had to go to like a like a diner or something to get tapioca and they're like yeah we're just gonna go find a tapioca tree i'm like all right i don't i don't know what that is i thought it had raisins in it apparently i have no idea what it is but they did find the mud volcano which i um i'm kind of confused about because i've never known that kind of thing to appear in nature i'm a little suspicious that that uh, if uh, you know maybe that mud volcano was planted there i don't know give me your thoughts <laughs> i can't say i think i think i've heard of stuff like this um i i wish we got to see if bb would have gone with the tribe to the oh. mud volcano to see if he would have you know had that fun that the tribe gets to have there with the with the mud it does feel like with bb gone the tribe is a little more one-minded in their maturity level and it's like People, not everyone's reaction when they see a mud mud volcano is going to be, let's cover ourselves in whatever this is, and it'll be hilarious. Uh, But now that is the case, and it feels like everyone is like, yes, let's take a mud bath. Are they losing their minds, Brandon? Because it seems like they've been here only a few days, and this seems like a good idea to all of them. So I think mud is kind of like, a cleanser in a weird way huh. in the way that they're using it and i think it's relaxing them to do the mud massages and the massage train that they're doing but that doesn't mean they're not losing their minds as well i think that they've been out there seven days now and so they haven't really eaten anything they're not getting any fish either uh they've not even eaten the rats yet so i'd imagine that they're losing it a little bit i'm very excited that I hope this is a pattern in the show. And as we go along, people just slowly get more and more insane. Cause I, I want to follow that. That sounds like good television to me. 
Yeah, so this is great. It's a tribe bonding experience. And it is. It does show that they they do like each other and they are like some sort of family and they don't have kind of BB breathing down their necks at this point anymore. Yeah, I can't imagine BB just being like, y'all all went out and went to your little mud party and I was back here tying up the tent again. Keeps getting untied. Yeah. And he's just, yeah. Kind of a stick in the mud. Pun intended. Nice. <laughs> and so then we have this scene at Tagi where uh, we're talking about Dirk and having yes. his quiet time and he's reading. I did look it up this time. I think he's reading from Matthew 15, which is uh, last week I noticed that he was reading from a chapter 14. So potentially it was Matthew 14 and now he's moved on to 15. And so he gets his energy from the quiet time. But Sue doesn't like his preaching to the tribe. I can only take so much preaching. I went to church. I put my time in. I believe in God and all that. But they're constantly, everything, they always come back on the Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, Dirk's about driving me wild with that. Yeah, that did bother me, Susan, having such a problem. Like, just like Dirk was saying, this is like, this is his testimony. He's not afraid to share it. And it's one of the most important things about it probably is the most important thing about a Christian's life is their story about uh, knowing Christ. And and it's very natural to share that with other people. And if Susan's like, yeah, I'm tired of hearing about it. I can only listen to so much preaching. It's a big island, dear. You know, <laughs> just go for a walk. You don't have to sit here and complain about it. And but she I says can... that she put in her time and she believes in all, in God and all that. Uh, which is very interesting to proceed her <laughs> talking about she, she's getting tired of him preaching. Yeah. Does putting in her time, is that like, that sounds like almost like a prison sentence. It's like, I've done my time. All right. I don't have to listen to this anymore. Yeah. I thought I didn't All have right. to listen to this anymore. I did this <laughs> enough. I'm immune. I don't need to hear this. Yeah. Well, they won't be immune for long because they're going <laughs> to lose the next immunity challenge. Uh, but uh, there's talk about uh, whether Dirk has a crush on Kelly who has a boyfriend and he's not going to cross that line uh, and then there's a lot of talk about <laughs> Richard and his homosexuality and Dirk says that he talks about sex a lot and he says something about homosexuals or Richard in particular talk about sex a lot I wonder if he is just kind of making stereotypical accusations about mm. this or if Richard really is the one bringing it up all the time because we don't know in my experience my heterosexual friends talk about sex a heck of a lot like growing up when mm. you know throughout high school and college so I don't I don't really see where Dirk is coming from here they haven't really showed that converse that side of the conversation very much so it's, it's kind of hard to know I don't know maybe he is maybe it's he just sees people coming up to Richard and asking him about his sexuality and Richard's answering them and he's like drawing that conclusion from that but I don't know it is very interesting they basically have a segment on Dirk and his virginity which was like so weird because I was just picturing because <laughs> they had like the talking heads where they like pull, they interview people and it was just like I was just picked that's so awkward to like for these cameramen are just coming up and clearly these contestants have been asked a question and they're like so what do you think about how uh Dirk's a virgin dude what do you think about that like 
how would I answer that? It'd be like, uh, it's fine, I guess. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Why you, why you ask me? I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, they're asking Kelly like to talk about Dirk being a virgin, which is yeah. so odd. And thinking about this being on TV at some point, and then like, I mean, you know, more power to you, whatever, like however you want to be living. But it's still interesting to think about like watching this at home, and then it's like Dirk Bean from Survivor, <laughs> like yeah. well-known virgin. Like, yeah. what what's the big deal about that? I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. I, I feel like this is. Uh, well, like, are we pretending we don't live in a, a world where Christianity is like super common? Like, I've, is, why is this like some crazy like notion? They're like, what do you guys think about this? It's like, it's, I don't know, man. <laughs> why are you asking me? <laughs> and I, I, I have to not draw conclusions about these contestants based on them talking about it because they were literally asked. And that's like such an uncomfortable situation to be in. For sure. And then we have some amazing comic relief i thought when richard is like sprinting to get the mail i don't know if this is something that you picked up and then he's reading it and he's so out of breath he's so tired i wonder if they told him like richard like this is going to be great like you're going to run as fast as you can to and from the tree mail and then read the note i don't know i don't know why he did that it seems like a regular you know just just a jaunt would be fine a, a light jog but he just like full sprinted like this is like richard's workout for the day was getting the mail and coming back with it and then breathily reading through it and he's excited because it's going to be underwater and you don't really understand that coming from richard until later in the episode when he's like a very polished he's an aquatic man yeah he's a very polished <laughs> fisherman with the spear and right. so he's naturally going to be excited about this, but we haven't seen that until after this challenge. So it is interesting that he is so excited and they, <laughs> they show that he's like, yes, underwater. I love it. So is it common that they have challenges apart from the immunity challenge? Yes. So it will become pretty much a regular each episode. There will be a reward challenge and an immunity challenge. Okay. Sometimes so, I don't think they show the reward challenge, but huh. usually there is a reward challenge in every cycle. Sometimes the they're just like rock, paper, scissors, and it's not that interesting for TV. Yeah, I, I don't know when they decide not to show it. I guess if it doesn't have any like plot development points, like here they win the fishing gear, and so it's very uh, important to the development of Richard's character True. to show them winning the snorkel. Yeah, I was very confused at first why they're having the immunity challenge so easy so early in the episode. I was like, oh wait, no, this is this is still this is not that. This is not what that is. And we go to Pagong reading this note as well, and Jervis is talking about something that you brought up in episode one about Sonia and how the team needs to pick up the slack of somebody who's struggling. And mm -hmm. Jervis is talking about how he's not very good at swimming but he knows that in a team environment, they are going to help and they're going to pick up his slack. Yep. Um, it doesn't end up happening that they are able to pick up his slack. They do lose the challenge, but I did like that Jervis, who is a youth basketball coach, he understands the value of that teamwork. Exactly. Well, it's probably very easy for him too, since he's the weak link though. Like, <laughs> he's like, don't worry guys, this is how teams work. 
I can be bad and you can take care of it for me. <laughs> That's true. I wonder if there was a like a basketball challenge and he's like the best one and he's like, come on guys, like you need to do better. Be better at basketball. Please tell me there are basketball challenges. <laughs> I don't know if we get one this season, but they do have sports stuff oh! in the future. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So we show the tribes getting to the reward challenge, and I notice that Pagong is loving life. They are like dancing and like walking as one. <laughs> They've got like the conga line going. Yeah, they did the conga line. Yeah, um, that was. I wrote this down. That was a hilarious juxtaposition because they like danced over there, <laughs> and then Jeff's like, "So the Pagong tribe had to vote off BB." viciously last night <laughs> they're just like standing there awkwardly with frowns after dancing over there this tribe has killed its leader last night <laughs> it's like they want to come across as this like oh yeah we're all big family it's like we did just uh, eliminate one of our people though like less than 24 hours ago so it's so good and then <laughs> tagi has basically no emotion walking over their very business attitude right it's the the difference between the two teams is so clear right now. One team is a family. The other team is a bunch of contestants on a Survivor show. And they are trying to win, but, you know, maybe not through personal relationships and friendships along the way, at least not yet. And so during the challenge, I have never noticed that Jervis has his own life ring. And I've, a life ring? Yeah, he's he's got like a... A, a floating ring that he's holding oh. on to. <laughs> like, so maybe he couldn't swim. Maybe he literally could not swim. I, I know he's not good at swimming, but I didn't know that they would allow a contestant to have the ring. Right. Yeah, that's and a pretty big advantage. It could be that I didn't notice that the other tribe had one too, but I looked a little bit and didn't see one. So I'd imagine they were just like, well, they're not going to be able to do the challenge if Jervis can't get to mm. the um, the buoy, I guess. So they right. needed to give him that life ring. I don't know. It kind of makes sense that you would at least have that out for both teams because this is definitely the most dangerous challenge they've done so far, like requiring people to be underwater for long periods of time with nothing but you know, holding their breath and their own swimming skills and knowing their lung capacity and when they need to come up for air. And also doing strenuous things underwater like that is, I have to imagine there were uh, off-screen medical staff standing by because this is, this would be a nightmare for insurance on this kind of show. They they always have medical people everywhere during every yeah. challenge. So yep, that is very true. And uh, yeah, this challenge is great. Um, Tagi does a really good job getting everybody involved in moving the chest. I feel like for mm -hmm. Pagong, it was basically, it looked like Greg and Colleen were kind of like the two people that were doing the chest movement. And Colleen, as we'll see in the next immunity challenge, is the, by far their smallest contestant. And yeah. so I was I was very impressed with, with uh, how much she was helping with this uh, chest. But there's only so much that she's going to be able to do. That chest looked pretty heavy. Yeah, I was, I took note of that, like, that's insane how, and maybe it's, it was just deep enough in the water that there was a lot of water pressure, but they, like, they were having a lot of trouble moving this chest underwater with two people, and yeah, I was, I was impressed with them as well, because that's not easy to, 
they, they didn't they probably didn't train for this to hold their breath underwater and and do this like crazy activity and they're just like on board with it and like all right let's do this let's try to get this done especially for season one i know that future seasons of survivor if you get on the show you do a lot of water training before mm. you go or you're supposed to do a lot of water training on your own i before, would yeah before you go out there but for the first season i don't know how much they knew about the stuff they were going to have to do in the challenges from observation it seems like almost nothing because apparently we don't know how to fish properly <laughs> if my cameraman theory is incorrect then these people are the worst fishermen of all time and right. i would have at least nailed down that skill before going on a show about literally surviving right and so Tagi wins the challenge, and I don't know if you caught this, but Dirk yells something like, I'll be now, baby. And that was a callback to Jervis in the first episode. Says, like, this is our island. <sighs> and so I think that Dirk's doing a little trash talk to Jervis. Wow. Well, Dirk, come on, man. You got to represent for christians man you can't be you can't be smack talking although it probably is in, in like a in jest it's probably lighthearted, right and then i yeah i believe i've seen after challenges they're very like both teams are like shaking hands with each other i think especially good game good game good game good game <laughs> right yeah and uh somebody yells when they open the chest <laughs> which i loved i gotta think it's uh greg but uh somebody That's a greg line yeah <laughs> and so now is when Tagi has the fishing gear and so Richard is going to go fishing with it and at the same time Dirk and Sean are still going to try to go fishing with the super pole and I loved that they went fishing at the same time and Richard is basically just bringing them rays <laughs> like these huge rays and they're like sweet baby rays we want fish yeah can I uh, divert for a second I don't understand those snorkels like it seems like they're designed for you to be on the surface of the water so you can like breathe while looking in the water and then you just go under it so you got to hold your breath at this point right like yeah so the point of it would be you can look down for fish with the snorkel mm -hmm. and then when you dive down you're holding your breath but then when you come up you blow the water out of your snorkel and then you can do the same thing so while richard is looking down from the surface he can see fish with the mask but also breathe so he doesn't have to keep surfacing right well he would see fish if any were within a square mile of this island yeah he he at least gets to see rays but no fish yet right yeah this scene i gotta say a little bit disturbing <laughs> seeing these rays be bludgeoned and like stabbed i don't know they seem like pretty intelligent and like not something that would normally be eaten and richard's just like yeah we got some rays here let's just stab them up and just like i don't know i don't like i didn't like that i i think it was i think it was dirk who also stabbed an eel down there do you remember the eel coming out I don't. I must have missed that. There was like a moray eel. I don't. I don't know what kind of eel it was really. And <laughs> Dirk was like, I think it was Dirk was like wrestling with it, and he was just like stabbing it in the face. And the eel's just like, just like goes back in its hole. And I was like, ah, oh, they're not even going to take the eel. They're just maiming nature and just like leaving it there. And it, I don't know. Was I that in that this episode? Disturbing. This was in this episode. It was during the fishing scene. 
if I, I recall correctly. Definitely missed that one. It was a really short, probably because they didn't want to show show this poor eel bleeding out inside. <laughs> wow. Old. And then uh, Sean has another questionable line, I think, about how he doesn't understand how Richard can catch anything because if he were a fish, he wouldn't stay there if a big gay man with a spear were coming right at him. Yeah. And it's another example where Sean just has to add like the gay adjective to every description of Richard. Right. The the fish probably don't know that. Yeah, I would imagine that fish don't tend to know our sexuality when we're swimming around. Who knows, though? If they've been talking about it enough, those fish, they have ears. Everyone has ears. Later, there's a scene when <laughs> Colleen is talking about how they heard a rumor about the other tribe. And so I actually wrote down, like, are these fish, like, talking from island to <laughs> island to the two tribes? The non-existent fish might be doing that yes uh but sean does have a funny line that uh he says they appear to be slow 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 or you know how to catch them either or <laughs> yeah so there's like this this backhanded respect where he's like all right yeah he got him <laughs> but he doesn't want to accept fully that richard is being a provider and actually walking the walk and he's not all talk he's actually being successful so do you think that Richard catching fish, like how much weight do you think that this holds? It's so huge because like I said, he's not just the guy from episode one on the branch talking down on everybody. He actually is a man with a plan and he can get stuff done. I am also a little bit in the camp that, oh, come on, let's get some fish, not just raise. But if that's all you can get, like at least he's bringing in something and People don't seem to really care that it's rays and not really fish. Like, I think it was, who was that that ran up to him? Was that Kelly when he was bringing back the rays? And she's like, yeah, he got fish. And she didn't even look to see that these are disgusting rays that are probably kind of rubbery, I would imagine. That's, they don't care. That's what I would think, too. But they do, I think they say they like them and they say they're really good. Yeah. I, yeah, I would have, I would struggle. I would way rather eat. A rat personally than a ray because it i don't know it just seems like an exotic beautiful creature <laughs> and oh man it really is like i'm surprised they like show that like i, I mean it, it makes sense that they, they can show that but just showing an animal like dying <laughs> on screen like that i'm not really used to seeing that in shows and right after the Tagi scene with the fish. So this is when Colleen talks about that they heard a rumor that the other team caught a fish. Mm -hmm. And so this is when they decide that they should try to eat some rats. Yeah. I would be so on board with that. Like rats, that's like something that people eat in dire times and they have meats and you can cook them. And it's not that it doesn't seem that disgusting to me. They're not inherently unclean animals. And there are some amazing quotes here that uh, during the rat scene uh mm. joel says that it tastes like chicken if you use your imagination and ramona <laughs> sa ramona says how much imagination do i need yeah that's so good oh my gosh i will use that in my life because it's like i mean really anything could taste like chicken if you really use your imagination <laughs> so it's like how much much imagination are we talking here <laughs> I mean, most of taste is smell, so if you just don't smell it and you imagine hard enough, I think anything could taste like anything if you remember what that thing tastes like. Yeah, in that scene, I'm thinking, 
somebody should have brought seasoning as their like their one thing like there's like that scene in i think it's like an extended edition of lord of the rings i probably sh- this is a way too obscure reference but sam is like really worried about losing this box that he has and then like they like they like there's this whole deal about oh get it back get it back we gotta get it and then it's like it just has like salt in it for back home and it's like i kind of agree like the rat's probably not bad but ooh, that would like actually be a good meal if you se- seasoned it a little bit like meat's not that great on its own i have to think that seasonings weren't on the allowed list for, oh for luxury items well i is it is that because no one has ever brought seasoning i think sometimes seasoning is like a reward that they get oh. in a challenge so i think that's that, cool yeah they want to i don't know you can't bring like food as your luxury item, so I think seasoning kind of goes with that. I do want to talk about uh, Jervis's reaction to eating the rat meat because it reminded me of the scene from, oh my gosh, I'm making another, another movie re- reference, and I do apologize, but everyone's seen Ratatouille, and the, the moment where Remy is like giving like a piece of cheese and a strawberry to the other rat and he's like try these together and like in his brain it's like fireworks and these this wonderful marriage of flavors <laughs> it seemed like that was going on in jervis's head and he's just took a bite he's like we're eating we gotta get more rats tonight come on this is amazing he says uh it's on till the break of dawn like hot buttered popcorn <laughs> yeah. why does that what do you even pull that from it's just like I have to think it's like a movie quote or something. I I didn't look it up, but I'm going to after we're done with this. (laughs) So they like the rats, and so they want to get more because they have no prospects of fishing at this point. Yeah, because they voted BB off, and he was the only guy who could probably ever get something like that done. (laughs) I think so. And so after these two uh, eating scenes, uh, they get the immunity challenge note that says that it, well it's a very jumbled note where there's just like stop, stop. mixed yeah, after like every telegram. sentence and uh, so they have to build a stretcher and pick their lightest person and they're gonna have to carry their lightest person through the woods on this stretcher yeah that plane impressive prop i thought it really did look like a downed plane that they just found there uh i imagine that was kind of annoying to or like that was an ordeal to like move that to the island also where do you get like a a plane prop but yeah that was and they also had like it it was like buried in the forest like good job props department it reminded me of maybe like a car in a mall where you're thinking like how did they (laughs) how did they get this vehicle into this space without like building it right here yeah and turns out you can just drive a car through the doors of most malls. Like it is actually wide enough for a car to get through. <laughs> but when they have the cars upstairs in the mall, they'll, like... fit, they'll fit in the elevator too. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have a small enough car or a yeah. big enough elevator. Jenna feels confident in this challenge because Colleen is super light and their team is strong. And I feel that like that is so true compared to Tagi, who didn't really have any tiny people like Kelly is a rafting instructor like she's pretty strong and able and so they have to carry Kelly but Colleen is just a 
you know, she's a student. She's very young and she's very small and they do have a lot of strong people. Yeah, she's probably like 90 pounds or something. Like it's they hit the jackpot for this challenge. I did think it was interesting that Jeff made a point that the challenge was fair because it was like the same distance in the forest. And I'm like, this is like a jungle with like crazy hills and stumps and like ant hills and like there's no way that this is completely like fair but he's like no guys don't worry this is we tried this challenge it's the most fair thing ever so don't worry yeah and he says that uh so they've taken colleen and kelly before they got to the challenge and they've hung them from a tree <laughs> yeah yeah they, i guess they were briefed on what they were allowed to do and what they were did they know i guess they must have known beforehand what was going to happen when they were in the tree and they weren't just like you have to be rescued now yeah i think kelly says during the challenge like i can't help you get me on there like you have to do everything so they're basically like playing dead weight that's right yeah yeah she said she could unhook herself but that's it yep that's it um and i heard while pagong was running through the woods i think that Greg is yelling like Pagong Pagong and he's like <laughs> using that as their call it's just so good Greg is so hilarious yes Greg will last a long time just from being the funny guy I feel like I don't know if you can win as being the funny guy but people will like to have you around and they'll feel badly about ever voting you off so right establishing himself as that is a good call <laughs> right you have to think who would vote the funny guy off before the sick person or you know any number yeah. of people in the game at this point the 70 year old like there's so many people that it's like why would you vote them off before the person who's making you feel some sense of reality or humor or fun yeah right just feeling a little more at home and a little more comfortable with the situation because it's like oh this guy's making light of this so i guess it's not a very serious situation it's like those types of people in high stress situations are like so important to have right um yeah greg reminds me to reference other literature uh fred and george characters in harry potter are like the class clowns who even in dire situations are still like joking around and so that's kind of mm -hmm. what greg seems like to me good um, job greg but pagong wins easily here i don't think so it's, quickly it's not even close they it, even when they got to calling she's like we got this dude this is this is like the easiest thing ever oh my gosh we won <laughs> they haven't even made it halfway back to camp and it's like this just call it here i don't even know how would she know like can she see kelly from or the other tribe from where it's she gotta is. be something like that like because they're like yelling so maybe she still hears kelly yelling and it's like okay they haven't even reached them yet and we're like pulling me onto the stretcher already right and she's so light and so they just fly through the the jungle right. and they win very very handily yeah toggy was ha toggy was on the struggle bus on the way back they were like struggling to keep this thing upright and it's like probably a lot more weight going on here yeah i mean you've got uh you know rudy is very fit for his age but he mm. is still very old and kelly isn't light compared to colleen like she, oh yeah she's probably like average weight and colleen, right. colleen is very small comparatively yeah they lucked out here for sure and i did notice uh jeff says that their immunity idol is like in the distance like hanging from a different tree 
I don't know if you noticed this, that he has them, like, walk over to, like, retrieve the idol. And I think it goes back to what you were talking about. Like, why are they doing more work than they have to? This is so tough to be surviving out here. And he's like, yep, you got to go get your idol. Like, you already won the challenge, but you got to go get it. Yeah, totally. We go to Tagi before Tribal Council, and Kelly talks about how she do- she thinks it's going to keep getting harder to vote people off, which is kind of what they were talking about on the raft, where like after Rudy or like once it gets down to it, it's going to be really hard to vote you people off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am wondering how true that's going to be because I personally don't see bonds in the Tagi tribe compared to Pagong. Like, I already feel like it's like, who is Pagong possibly going to feel good about voting off right now? Right. But I feel like Toggy still kind of has a backstabby kind of like all business. And I'm sure they're, they're, there are bonds and they are feeling more comfortable around each other. But I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I feel like in the next couple episodes, it's still good. If Toggy has to vote somebody, it still won't be an absolute nightmare personally. Right. And uh, so Stacy thought that Rudy is the obvious choice, but she is starting to feel a little bit worried that uh, she might be an option as well. Yep. She's slowly realizing that if you live by the the backstab, you may also die to it. Yep. And uh, we see Sue again tells Stacy that she's voting for Rudy, which is the second straight time she's told her that she's voting for Rudy, but she talks to us about how she still thinks that Stacy is the weakest when it comes to the challenges. That that cold bloodedness. You can't have a cohesive team with like like it's hilarious. I love Susan, but yeah, you can't have that and have a team that is all about camaraderie and and brotherhood and sisterhood. And Richard also says that he's going to vote based on who can be the best in the challenges. So, and he does end up voting for Stacy as well. Right. And he also brings up something interesting where he says that he wanted to talk with the tribe about who they think should go. Mm-hmm. And he says that they didn't like that. I wonder, mm-hmm. what do you think about kind of the, let's all talk as a team about who we should vote off? Well, the fact that they don't want to talk all together is like, it's, so clear it's because they they'd rather just talk behind each other's backs and and just keep backstabbing each other and they don't want to have this actual heart-to-heart where we actually have to decide because then they have to be honest about their feelings and nobody really is so richard's probably right he probably has the sense of this dramatic chaos that's going on in the background it's like we gotta like we gotta level out a little bit and like let's what is really going on here um so yeah, I'm 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 kind of on the Richard team now. Like I think this guy actually has good ideas and and probably knows what he's talking about and people would do well to listen to him. I think he sees that they need more of a team uh team yeah. feel and a family feel that Pagong clearly has uh more of than they do. Yeah, there's no way Toggy tribe sees the Pagongs like Congoing up to them and they're like they're not a little bit jealous and like, man, why don't we have that? What's wrong with us? <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, so we get to tribal council and uh, the first question, well, first Jeff talks about the shell, the conch shell, uh, which is very 
I think this is a thing in Lord of the Flies where they have a, a prop that they have to hold and that that person is the only one who can talk. I will say this is a one episode uh, oh, really? test run of the shell. Yes. I See, I loved the shell because I thought that I thought that they could really benefit from talking about it, but maybe they, they kind of felt like it would be better if the show kept the, like the secrecy of like people's opinions. But I, I, I was excited cause I was like, Oh, this is like, this is going to be a mainstay after this. And it was interesting to hear from this, these conversations around voting that uh, like, I kind of got the sense that I'm not the only one that, that feels a little, better about Richard now and that people actually are kind of seeing his worth and they're like, yeah, this guy is gonna like, uh, I can't, maybe it was Susan who said that like, we don't feel it now, but having a guy who can actually catch fish, like that's going to, that's going to mean something when we're actually starving. Yeah. She says something. I think her words get a little mixed up here. She says Mm. that Richard catching fish is not coming into foreplay yet. And I, don't think that's quite what she meant to say. Uh, yeah, that doesn't make any uh, logical sense if you dissect it. No, I think she wanted to say, like, it's coming, not relevant just, yet. Yeah, it's not relevant yet, or it's not coming into play yet. But yeah, into <laughs> foreplay. Yeah, I don't. I, I think she just get a little got a little jumbled there. <laughs> it's fair, you know. It's a. It's you're around the fire. It's an intense situation. And you have say some weird stuff. You have cameras on you, and you're on TV basically for like yeah. nine straight days. These are just normal people. These are not celebrities, right? And uh, I think with the shell, I think for the the purposes of showing the tribal councils, like passing a shell back and forth, doesn't really translate well to TV. I mean, they could cut it out and have just the next person holding it, but I think it's just too much, mm. too much pomp and circumstance about like passing the shell from person to person every time. Right. I did love the the scenery this time with the storm going on and they're just being rained on and they're just sitting out here just being just like it's it's like they don't even notice but that would be so uncomfortable but maybe they're just so in the elements now that it's like yeah, we're being rained on we and we're sitting in the rain. There's a lot here about the rain because Susan I think is talking and Jeff is like, no, 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 I can't keep you here anymore. Like, we yeah. need to just vote. Like, and to We already me, know Stacy's going, guys. Come on, let's just vote. To me, it was like, Jeff wants to get out of this rain. And so he's just like, no, no, no. Like, you guys. That's such a good point. I'm not going to put you guys through this anymore. Like, let's, <laughs> no let, one cared. let's let you vote. Like, it's okay. You can get out of here. But I think Jeff was just like. Uh, I didn't expect it to rain during tribal council. Jeff wanted to go back to his trailer that's parked like half a mile away and eat lobster for dinner. And he's just like, oh my gosh, it's raining out here. <laughs> yeah, this that's, that's so good. This would never happen after season one. Uh, <laughs> Jeff loves when the contestants have to do the hard hardships of being outside. So this would never happen. Oh, so they actually go a little harder on the contestants as the show goes on? They will have longer tribal councils uh, in the rain than they do here, where he interrupts it for the rain. (laughs) You guys, you don't want to get a little wet out here. That's a little... We we, we expect you to hunt for yourselves, but come on. You're getting sprinkled on. It's it's a little chilly. (laughs) 
So Jeff makes them vote, uh, and um, the two votes for Rudy are Stacy and Kelly. And after Stacy gets voted out, she says to Sue, you switched your vote, uh, which is very funny because she did it twice in a row, and she clearly isn't going to vote for Rudy over... <laughs> Uh, Sonia or Stacy, and so, but Stacy is still fooled the second time. Yeah, I, I think I don't know why, but I actually was a little bit surprised that Rudy was not the one that got kicked off, just based on what everyone's saying. But like after she got kicked out, I'm like, yeah, it totally makes sense. This is when I started thinking about what I knew about Stacy, which is not a lot, except for that she hates Rudy and she likes to talk behind people's backs and. People see that and don't appreciate that. And she has a great line in the post credit scene where she says they kicked off their bug-eating hero instead of their <laughs> food-stealing, stumbling, ornery old Navy SEAL. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, what a quote. Did she really think that like eating bugs quickly was enough to like surmount every other thing she had said that entire show? And yet again, we've talked about all we get from Stacy is anti-Rudy mm-hmm. propaganda. And here again, she just has to throw in, like, Rudy should have been the guy. Like, it's all anti-Rudy. And she's still, like, harping on the same things. It's like, all right, come on, let's move on, Stacy. It's like, clearly, they don't see those things as enough of a, of a problem to vote him out over you. So, Right. Yeah, in her mind... Yeah, she was she was definitely the good guy and misunderstood. And Sorry, Jeff, Stacey. Jeff says that they can stay at tribal council until it stops raining, or they could go back to camp. I wonder if they stayed at all. Like, I feel like they should have to go right back to camp. I don't understand this. Yeah, do they have like a tent there or something? Like, why would you want to sit around a rainy fire? <laughs> I, maybe that fire was better than the one that that they had back at camp, but. I, I mean, they were clearly getting rained on, so I don't know how much better it would be to stay at uh, the tribal council. I kind of noticed when Jeff was extinguishing Stacy's torch that I, I didn't notice a flame on it. So I kind of feel like it was like the torches did not make it through the rain. It was already out for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just like imaginary, like, yes, I'm putting it this. I, 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 like, I kind of sensed Stacy like, cracked a little bit of a smile because she thought it was kind of silly that. They were still doing it, even though there was nothing to be extinguished. That's very interesting because I talked about last time that after they went to tribal council, they had their torches and so they could light their fire back at camp. I wonder if when it was raining, they got to relight their torches before they left because they were all out. I did see that in the scene. So did they, were they able to get fire going when they got back? Like, do they have any means to start fire without their lit torches at this point we haven't really seen anything about fire yeah i don't know they yeah they haven't really when they were cooking the rats and stuff they didn't really show even how they started it was well was pagong has matches but yeah they have matches so and tagi had fire after their tribal council but we don't see them like dip a torch to Mm. like start their fire they just like have fire now and i guess we're just supposed to accept it i feel like they would do well to show just just even just a slight a a short scene of just like a lighting of a match or like putting leaves or sticks to like 
kindle a fire because obviously that's a huge part of the survival experience and they're just not showing it and i don't know i I would feel a little more immersed if they would show that it is an interesting omission of them just cooking stuff with this fire that they somehow have but and they're (laughs) keeping it going but we never see anything about it yeah that makes me feel like i could do it it's like oh we have a fire and some rats okay well i'm good like i i can make it (laughs) yeah anything else we we went pretty in depth about these two episodes anything else that we didn't talk about yet uh there was the i don't know if you want to talk about the like the pre-episode like yeah we can talk talk about that (laughs) i just thought that was so funny just the bowling alley was like yeah i'm building a bowling bowling alley and then it smash cuts to susan she's like we don't need a bowling alley (laughs) i was like i'm with you on that one Sue. like no i don't think we really this should not be a priority surprised uh rudy is going along with that or allowing that to occur (laughs) sean is always trying to build something to entertain himself so it's very fun to to see that in the preview yeah i i'm very excited for that yeah well that will be fun to talk about next time when we'll talk about episodes four and five of this season of survivor uh you said you're still sticking with joel but the road is going to be a little bit tougher it's going to be rocky for joel than we saw uh in in episode one so we will see um, what happens in episodes four and five. Uh, and until then, we'll see you here next time. Take care. See you later. Bye.